0: Cool, back up. So today is the 10th of August 2022 and these uh, jittas, these minds, these knowing elements, if we don't train them then they're lost all the time, proliferating all the time, If we don't train the mind to not think, to be able to stop thinking, then true wisdom can't arise. So we have thinking, proliferating, and we can remember wise teachings, things that we've studied or memorized. And for instance, we study in school, we study various subjects, and we memorize them and study them until we're skilled and proficient in these various subjects. And we can succeed in our studies. And some individuals have less wisdom than others, but they have more effort than others, more patience and perseverance, and so they can still memorize and become good at memorizing. They might look over a text or a book many times, use a lot of effort and patient endurance, and then they're able to learn the material and memorize it. Then in work as well, we need wisdom to care for our livelihood, to take care of ourselves. But the mind still has suffering because these bodies of ours have just degradation, separation, disintegration. They lose strength, they're not as strong as they used to be, as the days and nights relentlessly pass. So we see that these bodies are impermanent, unstable, fall apart. And all conditioned formations, whether they're far away, are close to us, all around us. All things, all conditioned formations change all the time. They're not stable, they're not lasting. For instance, we may have, uh, see big buildings, and we think, are there any buildings from 300 years ago that are still here? They're almost all gone. That which are left are very few. They've met with various dangers or causes of destruction, and they've all fallen apart and disintegrated already. So this is the nature of sankaras. And we can ask, well, the sankaras, whether they're far or near, can they last? That which is even closer to the home, these physical forms, Are there any people that are 300 years old, we can ask. Or half of that, are there any people 150 years old? That's something very hard to find. It's something we may have heard of, that there's someone 150 years old, but it's very few. And those that are 100 years old are also hard to find. So we contemplate conditioned formations as impermanent and unstable in this way. And we see that the untrained mind, having been born, takes all these things as self, as me and mine, you and yours, as a being, as a self. And this is because the mind doesn't know that it's not self. So these feelings of pleasure and pain arise, and we take them as self. But these feelings of pleasure and pain, they merely arise and cease. having ceased already, we can see, well, where are they? Do they really exist in truth? This is something we're thinking about, our feelings of liking and disliking. We have to contemplate them in order to not cling. It's something that we shouldn't cling to because they're unsure, they're uncertain. We feel these feelings and we put them down We see that it's just their nature to arise, stay for a little while, and cease. And so, practicing like this, we can give rise to wisdom. We practice and train the mind to be still in samadhi and have virtue to care for our behavior of body and speech. We see the drawbacks in the mind that's chaotic and agitated, the mind that's not peaceful, the mind that keeps proliferating we can ask "Well, why is the mind proliferating we want to stop thinking why can't the mind stop well it's because the mind is used to thinking and proliferating so we have to train the mind in a new skill train the mind in a new way because the mind is something trainable and the mind that's well trained brings happiness And who is it that trains the mind? It's the knower that trains the mind. So we have mindfulness in the four postures of sitting, standing, walking, and lying down. These postures are things that we do already, but we do them without knowing, without mindfulness. So we train ourselves to sit, stand, walk, and lie down with mindfulness. In a given day, we change posture, And have mindfulness with that as well. And when the mind thinks or proliferates, then know that as well. The mind that's still, know it. The mind that's greedy, know that. The mind that has hatred or aversion, then know that. The mind that has delusion, then know that. See that it all arises, stays for a little while, and ceases then know that as it happens. When samadhi arises, then know that. When wisdom arises, then know that. See the body as it comes and goes, as it moves with the in and out breath. And when the mind is still, it's possible to see the impermanence of this and for the experience of dhamma to arise for understanding to arise. The mind accepts that it's something uncertain, unsure, impermanent, stressful, and not self, not a me, not a mine, or you or yours. And in the beginning, we need to train ourselves first to have samadhi, peace and collectedness, at least some of the time. And if the mind's chaotic and there's no peace and the mind keeps proliferating, then try reciting Bhut on the in breath and Do on the out breath. And as we walk to and fro, then one can recite Bhutto a lot. Whether one's doing chores or various work, recite Bhutto a lot. And when we recite Bhutto, this helps the mind not to think about other things, not to proliferate about the past and future. Because if the mind proliferates about the past and future, the mind has no peace. Therefore, we need to train the mind. The mind that lacks samadhi doesn't see clearly. The mind moves very, very quickly. We can compare it to people moving quickly in vehicles or running. When you slow down to a normal walk, then the objects that you're passing by become clearer than they were when you were moving more quickly. And when you stop and stand still, then objects become even more clear. It's like a pool of water with sediment stirred up in it. You can't see clearly to the bottom of that pool. But when the pool becomes still, then you can see clearly to the bottom. The water becomes clear. This is the mind with stillness. And the movements of the mind what are they? Liking, disliking, greed, aversion, delusion, thinking, proliferating, having doubts, having annoyance and agitation having ill will, having desire, sloth and torpor, and so on. These five hindrances, which cover over the minds and make the mind not peaceful. So we have to train our minds in a new program. It's like a computer program. We have to write a new computer program for the mind. Because normally the mind thinks and chases after various thoughts. So we change the thoughts to be buddho, dhammo, sangho, just to be with this one object of buddho, dhammo, sangho. So this is changing the program in the mind to be a new program, a program that leads to peace and collectedness, not to think and proliferate in the way of the five hindrances but to think and bring the mind to the meditation object instead, to bring the mind to peace. This is cultivating a new habit of mind, to bring and train the mind to see the breath and Bhutto as a friend, to bring this, to recollect this object of the breath and Bhutto as the object of mind, to do this a lot. And if one does this without stopping, then the mindfulness will improve and get better. Proliferation will reduce and peace of mind can arise. Then the mind is cool with rapture and fullness. The body and mind feel light. When we sit in peace in samadhi like this, it may feel that we have no body at all. Or we sit and our hands disappear There's no feeling there at all. The feet disappear, half the body disappears, or it feels like there's no body at all. We sit there and we don't feel the body. The mind is peaceful and still. Or it might feel like the body disintegrates into the air. There's fullness and happiness and joy, and there's no feeling of the body. The mind is very much at ease. And then when we have samadhi like this, then we contemplate to see clearly. We see that this samadhi, this rapture and happiness is impermanent as well. It arises and ceases, it's unstable, so it cannot be taken as self, but in the beginning, we need to use this rapture first and foremost to build wisdom, to be able to let go and to see the Dhamma. We see all this body, these four elements of earth, air, fire, and water. Is it stable? Is it lasting? Contemplate this to give birth to wisdom, to give rise to clear knowing gradually, bit by bit. It's like drops of water, one drop at a time. And when the, our vessel is open to receive that water, then that vessel can become full to see the Dhamma. So in the beginning, we may have doubts, and the mind's very agitated, and we're trying to find the way to practice, but the mind is just chaotic we feel like we can't understand it, we don't know the way. So you read the text, we might read a lot of texts, but we don't really grasp the essence of the meaning. We can't put it into practice. So if you study a lot, then once you've studied, then you have to be able to put that down and then do the practice. And the practice is to have mindfulness, to have virtue, to have samadhi, to have effort, and to train the mind in samadhi, in this quality of samatha tranquility. And there are some people that have affinity for samatha practice, and other people feel an affinity for wisdom practice. Bhagavan Pucha said it's like the blade and the handle of a knife. You need both of them. You need both tranquility and wisdom. So there's no need to doubt about this. This practice to bring the mind to peace. You can contemplate and recollect the Buddha, practice Buddha Nusati, and do this a lot to bring the mind to samadhi, to cultivate firm and stable mind in samadhi. we can, when we practice like this, then we can develop and progress quickly, recollecting the Buddha, reciting Bhutto, bring the mind to samadhi. We can do this in all four postures of sitting, standing, walking, and lying down to give rise to samadhi. And once samadhi has arisen, then we can have clear seeing. Normally, in the past, when the eye sees a visual form, the mind has liking or disliking right away. But if the mind has samadhi, then we can contemplate that liking as something uncertain, as unsure. When we have samadhi, then these moods and sense impressions aren't able to enter into the mind. We're able to have time to contemplate them. So a practitioner with samadhi, in the four postures, these moods and sense impressions can't enter. But the mind without samadhi, the moods and sense impressions just enter straight away. Greed, aversion and delusion arises right there. But when this happens, don't be disheartened. Don't give up. Don't stop your practice. Keep practicing and you can give rise to more and more samadhi, to a firmer samadhi, more strength and energy of mind. Then when the mind gathers together, it's possible to see the Dhamma. You can see the Dhamma and see that everything is empty. This is truly a miracle. So we see that for ourselves we have a very good opportunity to practice in this way. We have faith in the Buddha Dhamma Sangha. So we practice and train in our meditation object. May you set your hearts on this. Because this is our work that we have to do the work that we set our hearts on, the place to set our minds well. Because those that have generosity, there are many who are able to practice generosity, but amongst those who can practice generosity, it's rare and difficult to find one who will practice sila, practice virtue. And amongst those who practice the five or eight precepts, it's rare to find one amongst them that'll practice samadhi, that'll practice bringing the mind to peace. And it's hard to find one who practices samadhi, who actually knows the way to practice. Because the mind is, tends towards agitation and chaos when it's unpracticed. And for myself, I used to read a lot of texts and had a lot of doubts arise. My mind was very agitated. This is because my mind had not yet realized samadhi, didn't have samadhi yet. I would read that the body is just a body, it's not a self. But I would wonder, well, how is, how is that really? What's the experience of that like? So one needs to train in samadhi first then one can see that for oneself that the body is just a body. There's really not anything there. But right now, we take the body as a self, as a me and a you. Then we have love and hate, uh, anger and delusion all because of the sense of self. So we need to train to see not self, to see it is not me or mine, you or yours, to give rise to wisdom. So we keep practicing, then these qualities of sila, samadhi and panya, virtue, collectedness and wisdom gather together. It's just this one path, there's no other path to freedom. So we practice to make our faith firm in this path to be able to see the Dhamma now, having seen the Dhamma, then you will understand for yourself. So may you all set your hearts on this.